Hello, welcome to Infinite Cast Part 2, Inherent Cast. Uh, Happy New Year to all who celebrate. HNY. HNY. I don't know, I, I was sending that on text a lot. Happy New Year. Uh, HNY. We are, we are back with more uh, Inherent uh, Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have much preamble. Uh, this is what, the fourth calendar year that we've done this show? 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. Yeah. That's five years. Oh, wow. That's Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, it is, you know, it's a bit cheating to do the the calendar years because I think we started Inherent Cast at the, or sorry, Inher- uh, Infinite Cast at the end of 2020, like Maybe October, September? No, I think like September. I mean, that's like almost half of 2020. It's nuts. Yeah. Well, wild. Wild. Wild stuff. Weird, wild stuff. We're still here. We're still here. You can't spell inherent without huh. Huh. Ladies huh. and gentlemen, huh. Can uh, I make an in- infinite jest? Anyway, never mind. Sorry. I was going to try to make some kind of gender pun. Yeah. Current um, vice. We had some nice talks about Infinite uh, Cast or Infinite Jest over the uh, New Year's weekend with 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 friends we love. Not we weren't proselytizing with randos. Yes, um, people who have always wanted to to take the take the plunge and get in. Uh, talking about the the inherent uh, inherent the Infinite Jest wall of reading like the first hundred pages uh-huh. or so, and then being like, okay, I've 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 had I've met like thirty characters. Now let's see them. Like do stuff and thing <laughs> have things interact and and the book being like wrong bitch more characters <laughs> <laughs> wrong oh <laughs> yeah heard you like characters TBS characters welcome yes uh, uh but heard you like characters heard you like situations yes uh but we we were trying to encourage our friend to to push push through and maybe use the pod as uh an assistant a sitcom is a situational comedy yes in in some ways I would say. Infinite Jest is a situation yes, comedy. It just and they just keep making new episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's in episodic AF. Yes. All right, let's get let's into ho- today's let's hop reading. Right in. Let's dip our toes into the into the ocean. The Toshin. All right. Uh we were kind of like mostly through a chapter, um, but we'll finish it off. That evening, over at Penny's place, Doc fell asleep on her couch in front of the day's sports highlights, and when he woke, sometime well after dark, a face which turned out to be Nixon's, was on the tube going, oh, I, I can't, I'm a t- I can't do a, will you do Richard, a Richard Nixon. There are, there are always the whiners and complainers who will say, this is fascism. Well, fellow Americans, if it's fascism for freedom, I can dig it. <laughs> Tumultuous applause from a huge room full of supporters, some of them holding banners with the same phrase professionally lettered on them. Doc sat up, blinking, groping around in the tube light for his stash, finding half a joint and lighting up. What struck him was that Nixon right now had the exact freaked-out expression on his face that he did on the fake $20 bills Doc had gotten from Sancho. He took one out of his wallet now and consulted it just to be sure. Yep, the two Nixons looked just like photos of each other. Let's see, Doc inhaled and considered. This same Nixon face here live on the screen, had somehow already been put into circulation months ago on millions, maybe billions in false currency. How could this be? Unless 
Sure, time travel, of course. <laughs> some CIA engraver in some top security workshop far away was busy right now copying this image off of his own screen and then would later somehow go slip his copy into a covert special mailbox, which would then have to be located close to a power company substation so they could bootleg the power they needed, raising everybody else's rates to send information time traveling back into the past. In fact, there might be even time warp insurance you could buy in case these messages went astray among the unknown energy surges out there in the vastness of time. I knew I smelled something in here. Lucky for you, I don't go into work tomorrow. Penny squinting and bare-legged in one of Doc's Pearls Before Swine t-shirts. <laughs> this joint woke you up? Sorry, Pen. here. Offering what was by now more a friendly gesture than a real roach. No, all that screaming did. What are you watching? Sounds like yet another Hitler documentary. Nixon, I think it's happening live right now someplace in L.A. Could be the Century Plaza, which was presently confirmed by the news folks covering the event. Nixon had indeed dropped in, as if on a whim, at the palatial Westside Hotel to address a rally of GOP activists who called themselves Vigilant California. In cutaways to individuals in the audience, some seemed a little out of control, like you'd expect to find at gatherings like this, but others were less demonstrative and, to Doc at least, scarier. Strategically posted among the crowd, wearing Sorry, identical... Sorry, one second, one second, <laughs> I'm trying to get... <laughs> hell, what the hell, what, what is the hell? happening? <laughs> oh, never mind. I was trying to put on surf highlights, but something's not not working with Is the something audio. Something weird with the audio. Yeah, never uh, mind. Keep I'm going. Sorry, we could pause. We could pause if you wanted to. Yeah, here, let's finagle. go. One second. All right, we're back in. I just needed a quick turn off and turn back on. Tune in, turn off, and drop out. Yes. All right. Uh, where were we? Uh, strategically posted among the crowd. Wearing identical suits and ties, you'd have to call on the unhip side. None of them seemed to be paying much attention to Nixon himself. I don't think there's secret service, Penny sliding over next to Doc on the sofa. Not cute enough to begin with. More likely private sector. They're waiting for something. Ha! Look, here we go. As if linked by ESP, the robot operatives have, had pivoted as one and begun to converge on a member of the audience. Long-haired, wild-eyed, dressed in matching psychedelic Nehru shirt and bell-bottoms, who was now screaming, Hey, Nixon! Hey, Tricky Dick! Fuck you! And you know what? Hey, fuck Spiro, too! Fuck everybody in the first fucking family! Fuck the dog! Hey! Anybody know the dog's name? Whatever. Fuck the dog, Checkers. too! Is, is that right? Yep. Okay, Mr. Trivia. Fuck all of you! and then began to laugh insanely as he was seized and dragged away through the crowd, many of them glaring, snarling, and foaming at the mouth in disapproval. Better get him to a hippie drug clinic, suggested Nixon humorously. Giving revolutionary youth a bad name, it seemed to Doc, who was rolling another joint. Not to mention raising some First Amendment issues, Penny leaning up close to the screen. Strange, though. Really? Looks like typical Republicans to me. No, I mean, there. There's the close-up. That's no hippie. Look at him. It's Chucky. <laughs> or to put it another way, Doc now became aware with a jolt it was also Coy Harlingen. It took him maybe half a lungful of pot smoke to decide against sharing this with Penny. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of yours? He inquired disingenuously. Everybody knows him. When he's not hanging out at the Hall of Justice, he's at the Glass House. A snitch? Informant, please. He mostly works for the Red Squad and the P. Diddy's. <laughs> Who? Public Disorder Intelligence Division? Intelligence Division? Never heard of them, eh? 
And why is he yelling at Nixon like that again? Jeez, Doc, at this rate, they're going to pull your paranoia card. Even a P.I. can't be that naive. Well, his outfit maybe is a little over-coordinated, but that don't mean there's any setup. She sighed didactically. (laughs) But now that he's been all over the TV, he has instant and wide credibility. The police can infiltrate him into any group they want. You guys have been watching that mod squad again. Gives you all these cold-ass ideas. (laughs) Hey, did I tell you Bigfoot offered me a job the other day? Astute of Bigfoot, as always. He must have detected in your character some special gift for betrayal. Come on, Penny. She was 16. She was dealing. I was only trying to steer her away from a life of crime. How long are you going to... Goodness, I don't know why you always get so defensive about it, Doc. There's no reason to feel guilty. Is there? Great. Just what I want to do. Discuss guilt with a deputy DA. Was identified the TV set announced while Penny reached to turn up the volume, as Rick Doppel, an unemployed student dropout from UCLA. I don't think so, Penny muttered. It's that Chucky. And dang, Doc added silently, if it ain't a resurrected tenor sax player too. (laughs) Chapter 9. Deciding on a professional look, Doc pulled his hair back in a tight ponytail, securing it with a leather clip he only remembered later Shasta had given him, and put a black vintage fedora on top of that, then slung a tape machine over his shoulder. In the mirror, he looked plausible enough. He was headed up to Topanga that afternoon to visit the boards, pretending to be a music reporter for an underground fan magazine called Stone Turntable. (laughs) Dinas was along, posing as his photographer, wearing a T-shirt with the familiar detail from Michelangelo's fresco, The Creation of Adam, in which God is extending his hand to Adam's, and they're just about to touch, except in this version, God is passing a lit joint. Ah, a a classic representation of weed culture. I kind of want one of those. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, I'm sure if you go down to the boardwalk in Venice and uh, look around a lot uh, long enough, you'll be able to find it. I don't know. I feel like those shops are too crowded with uh, like Fortnite t-shirts and like Rick and and Morty. Yeah. No, (laughs) no respect for the classics of weed culture. The classic t-shirts. Your Michelangelo's and Raphael's of weed culture. Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm just thinking, yeah, Raphael. A Rembrandt of one of those uh, freezes of of all the Dutch guys with neck ruffles that I love so much, except they're all smoking blunts. <laughs> if somebody could make that for me, I would, I, would, love that. I would greatly appreciate it. All the way up to Topanga, the radio cranked out a super surfing marathon, all commercial free, which seemed peculiar until Doc realized that nobody who would sit through this music teacher's nightmare of doubled up blues lines, moronic one chord tunes, and desperate vocal effects could possibly belong to any consumer demographic known to the ad business. <laughs> From this display of white excess. <laughs> Light eccentric binge behavior. Only once in a while, mercifully, would there be a departure. Pipeline and Surfing Bird by the Trashmen and Bamboo by Johnny and the Hurricanes. Singles by Eddie and the Showman, the Bel Airs, the Hollywood Saxons, and the Olympics. Souvenirs out of a childhood Doc had never much felt he wanted to escape from. But have you seen my records? Mm-hmm. When are they going to play tequila, Dinas kept wondering, <laughs> till just as they were pulling up the drive of the boards' rented mansion, on it came the Spanish modality and flamencoid roll strokes of, or roll strokes of the surfer's sworn enemy, the lowrider. <laughs> tequila, screamed Dinas as they slid into the last parking space. The house had once belonged to half of a much-loved hillbilly act of the 40s, and currently the boards were renting the place from a bass player-turned-record company executive, which trend watchers took as further evidence of the end of Hollywood, if not the world, as they had known it. 
Like girls at Hawaiian airports, a couple of house groupies named Bodhi and Zinnia came forward with lays, or actually love beads, and put them around Doc's and Dennis's necks, then led them off on a tour of the place, looking at which a less tolerant person might think right away, wow, this is what happens when people make too much money in too short a time. But Doc figured it depended on your idea of excess. Over the years, business has had obliged him to visit a stately L.A. home or two, and he soon noticed how little sense of what was hip the very well-fixed were able to exhibit, and that, roughly proportional to wealth accumulated, the condition only grew worse. The boards had so far managed to escape serious impairment, though Doc had his doubts about the coffee tables made from antique Hawaiian surfboards until you saw that all you had to do was unscrew the legs to get back to a rideable plank. <laughs> Thanks to ingenious port cochere arrangements, many of the closets here were not just walk-in, but drive-through, full of costumes from past and future worlds, many obtained in Culver City at the MGM Studios' historic sell-off of assets a few months back. Catered meals for 20 or 30 got trucked up here every day from Jurgen, Jurgensen's in Beverly Hills. There was a <laughs> Jurgensen's. There was a dope smoking room with a huge th 3D reproduction in fiberglass of Hokusai's famous Great Wave off Kanagawa, arching wall to ceiling to opposite wall, creating a foam-shadowed hideaway beneath the eternally suspended monster, though now and then this would tend to freak a visitor into declining his hit whenever a joint came around, <laughs> which was fine with the boards, who were still at an arrested stage from back in their surf punk days when every crumb of dope counted and as greedy on the subject as ever. Was that an explosion? Yeah, I think a firework. Yeah. Outside on a terrace with a view across the canyon. I, I want to go to the wave room. Me too. The, remind me to, to talk about, have I talked about the pillow room on this podcast? Before? No. Where's right. there a pillow room? Let me see if I can remember afterwards. All right. I'll try to remind you. Outside on a terrace with a view across the canyon, long-haired, short-skirted cuties drifted around in the sunlight, tending the marijuana plants or wheeling huge trays of things to eat, drink, and smoke. Dogs came and went, some reasonably calm, others obsessive-compulsive, bringing you back the otherwise ordinary rock you had been throwing, further and farther away each time for the last half hour. It's his trip, man. And now and then one fallen afoul of that breed of human that finds amusement in feeding a dog LSD and watching what happens. Doc was reminded for the uncountableth time that for every band like this, uh, like this one, there were a hundred or a thousand others like his cousin's band, Beer, doomed to scuffle in obscurity, energized by a faith in the imperishability of rock and roll, running on dope and nerve, brother and sisterhood, and good spirits. The boards, though keeping their voicing, the traditional two guitars, bass and drums, plus a horn section, had changed personnel so often that only meticulous music historians had any kind of a handle on who was or had been who anymore. Which didn't matter because by now the band had evolved into pretty much a brand name, years and changes away from the tough little grommets, all related by blood or marriage who used to stomp as a cadre barefoot into Cantor's Delicatessen on Fairfax and spend all night eating bagels, hanging out, and trying not to trigger any rock star bodyguards into some kind of episode. When at length the once hippie-friendly eatery, growing concerned about possible lawsuits and insurance costs, started putting up signs saying, Shoes Required, the boards all went down to a tattoo parlor in Long Beach and got sandal straps tattooed on their feet and ankles, which fooled the managerial level for a while, and by then the band had moved on anyway to fancier places further west. But there were a couple of years when you could always tell who the original members of the band were by those ink sandals. <laughs> <laughs> For a week now, or for a week or so now, the board's house guests 
had included Spotted Dick, a visiting British band who were getting some local airplay on those stations where the pulse was less hectic. Classic. Being Classic the, a, a joke name for a British mm-hmm. invasion band. Uh, being themselves often so laid back that people had been known to call the ambulance, mistaking the band's idea of a general pause for some kind of collective seizure. Today, they were, they were wearing wide whale corduroy suits in a strangely luminous brownish gold and sporting precision geometric haircuts from Cohen's Beauty and Barbershop in East London, where Vidal Sassoon had once apprenticed, and where every week the lads were piled onto a small bus, given their weekly cannabis allowance, and brought out to sit in a row, giggling over back issues of Tatler and Queen and getting scissor-cut asymmetric bobs. Are you familiar with the classic Vidal Sassoon haircut? Uh, you have told me about this before. Two things on that. Yeah. Uh, the phrase wide whale. I did not know that that was a real thing. That is, of course, a major Venture Brothers character in the uh, later seasons. And of wide course, whale? And of course, it's named after some kind of like obscure fashion thing. It's a corduroy. The The grooves of corduroy that's, is that's, whale. The size of it is a whale. A whale. So, so it's a wide whale, whale. whale. Yeah. Okay. And great. I think, you know, 70s is, is wider. Why? Everything gets wider in the 70s. The that's ties, true. the lapels, the whale. Yeah. Uh, the whale. <laughs> Ever, I I think it's uh, hopefully we're coming the, back. The bell bottoms. The bell bottoms. Yes. The 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 jeans. Oh, we're getting bigger. Yes. Everything's getting everything's getting, getting bigger. Although, as I think my friend Dana was talking about this, uh, don't blink and miss it. The skinny jean is going to be back before we know. Oh it. yes. Oh yes. Soon it's pants will by, be all things. By the 2028 election cycle, people are going to be uh, like the scene kid look of of uh, the first Obama term is going to be back. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, secondly, uh, it's always funny to realize that Vidal Sassoon is a real person because, you know, mm. you come, you grow up with it as a, uh, just like a shampoo, shampoo. Bl- brand and you're like, that can't be a real thing, but it is. What is the Vidal Sassoon ha- haircut? Like if you picture, if you close your eyes and picture like a mod girl, like I, I'm pretty sure Twiggy had it. It's like a bowl. It's like a slightly more artistic bowl cut. Yes. It's very short, but it's blunt and it comes to points at different parts of your head. Yes. So it's like the bob with. um, It's an angular. With the angular like uh, undercut kind of undercut to it. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, it, it is a haircut that looks like it needed to be invented in order to live. It's crazy. It, yo, it's crazy to invent a haircut. It is pretty crazy. Who, like, yes. <laughs> the first person who started doing, like, uh, under, like, long with undercuts. That was a crazy time. People, people forget, uh, that there was a whole generation of, uh, of gr- girls and guys who needed to grow out their undercut. Yes. Uh, probably around, like, 2011 or 12, I think. Yes. Anyway. I'm looking up the Vidasa soon. All right. Uh, <laughs> last week, in fact, the lead vocalist had decided to change his name legally to Asymmetric Bob after his, ba- <laughs> after his bathroom mirror revealed to him three hours into a mushroom experiment that there were actually two distinct sides to his face expressing two violently different personalities. I actually have this, too, because my eyes are two different sizes. Uh, anyway, they've got a tube in every room, Dennis reported excitedly. Uh, uh, and these zapper units you can change the channel with and not even have to leave the couch. <laughs> wow. Doc had a look. These control boxes, recently invented and found only in upscale homes, were large and crude, as if sharing design origins with Soviet sound equipment. Operating them required a forceful touch, and sometimes both hands, through which you could feel them buzzing because they used high-frequency sound waves. This tended to drive most of the house dogs here crazy, 
except for Myrna, a wire hair who, being older and a little hard of hearing, was able to lie patiently through all sorts of programming, waiting for a dog food commercial to come on, which, because of some strange dog ESP, she knew was due a minute before it actually showed up on the screen. When it was over, she would turn her head to any humans in the vicinity and nod emphatically. At first, people thought this meant she wanted dinner or at least a snack, but it seemed to be more of a social act along the lines of something, huh? At the moment, she was lying in an unlit room of uncertain size, which smelled of pot smoke and patchouli oil, watching dark shadows, along with selected boards and spotted dick personnel, plus those members of the entourage who were not elsewhere in the house running their ass off indulging band whims that required deep-frying hostess Twinkies, ironing each other's hair on the ironing board to maintain some muse image, and going through fan magazines with exacto knives and cutting out all references to competing surf acts. <laughs> this was around the point in the Collins family saga when the storyline had become to, uh, I guess this is about Dark Shadows, when the storyline had begun to get heavily into something called parallel time, which was confounding the viewing audience nationwide, even those who remained with their wits about them, although many dopers found no problem at all in following it. It seemed basically to mean that the same actors were playing two different roles, but if you'd gotten absorbed enough, you tended to forget that these people were actors. After a while, the concentration level among the viewers had Doc feeling a little restless. He realized the scope of the mental damage one push on the off button of a TV zapper could inflict on this room full of obsessives. Luckily, he was near the door and managed to crawl out without anybody noticing. He hadn't seen Coy Harlingen around here yet and figured this would be as good a time as any to go looking. He began to wander the great old house. The sun went down. The groupies flocked together briefly, transitioning to, into nighttime mode. Dinas ran around like a dog chasing pigeons in the park, snapping pictures, and girls obligingly scattered, going, Ew! Ew! <laughs> Something like a security detail appeared now and then out on the property, making perimeter checks. From an upper window came the sound of Spotted Dick's keyboard player, Smedley, doing Hannon exercises on his Farfisa, a little combo compact model he had obtained on the advice of Rick, Rick Wright of Pink Floyd and which was never observed far from his person. He called it Fiona, and witnesses had reported him having long conversations with it. Earlier, Doc, pretending to interview him for Stone Turntable, asked what they talked about. Oh, what you'd expect. Association football, the war in Southeast Asia, where one can score sort of thing. And how's... <laughs> How's Fiona enjoying it here in Southern California? Smedley got glum. Loves everything but the paranoia, man. Paranoia, really? His voice dropped to a whisper. This house. At which point, a scowling young gent, maybe one of the boards' roadies, maybe not, entered and leaned a wall against a wall with his arms folded and just stayed there, listening. Smedley, his eyeballs oscillating wildly, fled the area. A private eye didn't drop acid for years in this town without picking up some kind of extrasensory chops. And truth was, since crossing the door sill of this place, Doc couldn't help noticing what you'd call an atmosphere. Instead of a ritual handshake or even a smile, everybody he got introduced to greeted him with the same formula. Where are you at, man? Suggesting a high level of discomfort, even fear, about anybody who couldn't be dropped in a bag right away and labeled. See, I... Th Part of me thinks that the the vibe of these like Topanga Canyon houses in, in like the late 60s, early 70s with all these musicians would be just like one of the most phenomenal like party atmospheres of all time. But yeah. then another part of me, it, it like retroactive, it makes so much sense that like Charles Manson came out of that scene, you know? Sure. Because <laughs> it, does, it does feel like 
everything w- would have this this very high keen like uh, you know weirdness discomfort occult like atmosphere around all of these bands you know yes uh, where mean, also just the vibes like be, would just be a, a, a little rancid be, being in a house of, of, of such porousness where like people just come in and out all yes. the time including like, yeah like dogs and stuff there's a difference between going to a party where you don't know people but that's like yeah. normal and you go to a party where you're like wait who are those people? Yes. I think that's the latter thing that happens in this. And also just vibe. like the general sense of like security. I feel like I would feel very um in- insecure throughout it. Of being yeah. Like are people like, what, like who are these people? What's happening? As they're saying, what is your position in this, in this realm? Where are you, where are you at, man? Where are you at, man? <laughs> where are we? And then the subsequent question, where am I at? Where am I at? This seemed to be happening more and more lately out in greater Los Angeles among gatherings of carefree youth and happy dopers where Doc had begun to notice older men there and not there, rigid, unsmiling, that he knew he'd seen before, not the faces necessarily, but a defiant posture, an unwillingness to blur out like everybody else at the psychedelic events of those days beyond official envelopes of skin. Like the operatives who dragged away Coy Harlingen the other night at that rally at the Century Plaza. Doc knew these people. He'd seen enough of them in the course of business. They went out to collect cash debts. They broke rib cages. They got people fired. They kept an unforgiving eye on anything that might become a threat. If everything in this dream of pre-revolution was in fact doomed to end and the faithless money-driven world to reassert its control over all the lives it felt entitled to touch, fondle, and molest, it would be agents like these, dutiful and silent, out doing the shit work who'd make it happen. I would argue that these people have been replaced by the cell phone. <laughs> uh, was it possible that at every gathering, concert, peace rally, love in, be in, and freak in, here, up north, back east, wherever, those dark crews had been busy all along, reclaiming the music, the resistance to power, the sexual desire from epic to everyday, all they could sweep up for the ancient forces of greed and fear? Gee, he said to himself out loud, I don't know. <laughs> At which point he ran into Jade, just coming out of one of the bathrooms. What, you again? Drove up with Bambi. She heard that spotted dick were staying here, so I had to come along, try and keep her out of trouble. Into these folks, is she? Spotted dick blacklight posters on the walls. Spotted dick sheets and pillowcases on the bed. Spotted dick t-shirts, coffee cups, souvenir roach clips. And 24 hours a day, spotted dick albums on the stereo. Man. You know this English ukulele player named George Formby? <laughs> sure, Herman's, Herman's Herbits covered one of his. Well, these guys have covered everything else. I mean, I try to be cool with it. Spotted Dick are also known to be into some weird forms of recreation, and I think that's the main attraction for Bambi. <laughs> Haven't seen her around tonight. Oh, she already split with a lead guitar. They're on their way back up to Leo Carrillo looking for some cricket game. I'm picturing like a Mott the Hoople style band or <laughs> yeah. perhaps Gen- early Genesis. Mm-hmm. Night cricket? Yeah, Somerset told her it was like baseball, lights and so forth. Unless, oh no, do you think they were running a number on me? Well, if you do need a ride back, let me know. And if anybody asks, I'm a rock and roll reporter, okay? You? Sure, I'll tell them about your Pat Boone cover interview. <laughs> Oh, and hey, that guy I was talking to at Club Asiatique the other night. You seen him around? He's here someplace. Try the rehearsal rooms upstairs. Sure enough, wandering the hallways, Doc heard the sound of a tenor sax practicing Donna Lee. He waited for a break and put his head in the room. 
Howdy, it's me again. Remember that chore you wanted me to do? (laughs) Wait. Coy angled his thumb at a cluster of sound equipment over in the corner that may have had more wires than necessary running in and out of it, and he shook his head. What was the uh, make and model you looked at again? Doc went along. You were asking about an older type VW, flowers and bluebirds and hearts and shit all over it? That's the one I was interested in, all right. No, um, Coy paused, improvising. No new replacement parts, nothing like that? None I could see. Street legal, no hassles with the registration? Seemed that way. Well, thanks for looking into that, you know. I just wondered the way people do. (laughs) Sure, anytime. Any other rides you want me to check out, just let me know. Coy was quiet for a while. Doc thought about reaching over and poking him. A look on his face so desperate, so longing, and way too nervous, as if somehow inside this house he had actually been forbidden to speak. Doc wanted to lay at least a quick abrazo on this guy, some reassurance, but that could be read by inquiring eyes as more emotion than anyone should invest in a used car deal. (laughs) You have my number, right? I'll be in touch. Just then, a driveling of dopers burst into the room, any of whom could have been assigned to spy on Coy. Doc unfocused his eyes and allowed his face to sag into a loose grin, and next time he looked, Coy was invisible, though he might have still been in the room. Back downstairs, a member of the company was going around jovially handing out joints. As people lit up and inhaled, he'd go, Hey, guess what's in this grass? No idea. Come on, guess. LSD? No, it's just grass. Ha 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 ha. Approaching somebody else. Hey, what do you think's in this dope we're smoking? I don't know, uh, mescaline? No, nothing. Pure grass. Ha 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 ha. And so forth. Shredded psilocybe mushrooms? Angel dust? Speed? No, just marijuana! Ha 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 ha! Almost before Doc knew it, he'd gotten so stoned on the mystery weed that he flashed how it wasn't just Koi whose vital signs were debatable. Somebody had definitely been out here harrowing the next world for board's personnel because Doc knew now, beyond all doubt, that every single one of these boards was a zombie, undead and unclean. <laughs> D- uh, dead and clean is okay? Dennis, who had materialized from someplace, wondered. And that spotted dick. They're zombies too, only worse. Worse? English zombies. Look at them, man. American zombies are at least out front about it, tend to stagger when they try to walk anywhere, usually in third ballet position, and they go like, uh, uh, with that rising and falling tone, whereas English zombies are for the most part quite well-spoken, They use long words and they glide everywhere. Like, sometimes you don't even see them take steps. It's like they're on ice skates. At which point, Spotted Dick's bass player, Trevor Shiny Mac (laughs) McNeil. Trevor Shiny Mac McNutley (laughs) with a loosh. Is it loosh or lausch? Loosh? Lausch? Lausch? Lausch smile on his face and pursuing a confused young woman, entered in exactly this way, crossing smoothly from left to right. You see? You see? Ah! Dennis running off in panic. I'm out of here, man! Dennis, having failed to provide him much of an anchor in reality, Doc now proceeded to freak even further out. That dope with his extra ingredient, which might not really have been there, could have also had something to do with it. Howsoever, Doc suddenly found himself fleeing through the corridors of the creepy old mansion with uncertain numbers of screaming, flesh-eating creatures behind him. 
Down in the vast kitchen, he ran pretty much head-on into Dennis again, now busy looting the fridge and cabinets and filling a Safeway bag with cookies, frozen frozen candy bars, Cheetos, Mm. and other munchies of opportunity. Come on, Dennis, we got to split. Sorry, a bunch of uh, fireworks are going off in town. Tell me about it, man. I snapped a picture a couple minutes ago, and they all went insane trying to take away my camera, and now they're after me, so I figured I'd better grab what I can. Actually, man, I think I hear them. Doc, guiding Dennis by the string of love beads around his neck, dragged him out a side exit into the grounds. Come on. They started running for where they'd parked the car. Jeez, Doc, you said free dope, maybe some chicks. You didn't say nothing about no zombies, man. Dennis, advised Doc, already out of breath. Just run. Passing a sycamore tree, he was unexpectedly descended on by somebody who'd been trying to hang on to a branch. It was Jade in a state of panic. What am I, the skipper? Doc muttering onto his feet again. Or some shit? (laughs) I really need a ride out of here, Jade said. Please? By some piece of luck, they found Doc's car right where he'd parked it, and they piled in and went screeching out down the driveway. In the mirror, Doc saw dark shapes with ghostly white incisors slithering into a 1949 Mercury Woody with a front end and split windshield that looked like the snout and pitiless eyes of a predator, which now came after them its V8 in a throbbing roar, gravel scattering off the driveway. At the canyon road, Doc hooked a violent left, nearly rolling them over and fishtailing once or twice before straightening out and proceeding down to Malibu on in what, those day, on what in those days was not quite the multiple-lane suburban convenience it would later become. More, you'd say, of a life-threatening nightmare, actually, full of blind driveways and serious hairpins, where Doc soon found himself putting to good use his refresher courses at the well-known... <laughs> Tex Wiener Ecole de Pilotage, <laughs> ex- executing four-wheel drifts and more heel-and-toe double-clutching than fully foreseen by the design teams back at Chrysler Motors, while the radio played Here Come the Hodads by the Marquettes. Marquettes? Whatever. Dennis, despite the 3D jolting around he was getting, sat good-naturedly putting together a joint without hardly spilling anything, lighting it, and presenting it to Jade once they were all the way downhill and headed for Santa Monica. Nicely rolled, Dinas, Doc remarked when it came his way at last. (laughs) Don't know if I'd have had the presence of mind myself. Basically just trying to keep from freaking out? Listen, Doc, Jake said, what is with that guy from the Club Asiatique? Coy Harlingen, you talked to him? Yes, and when they found us together, it really looked like somebody meant to do me some harm. Not like I was trying to seduce him. Normally, if Bambi's around, I don't worry when they come after me like that. But she was off at that night cricket, so it's a blessing you guys showed up when you did. Our pleasure, Dennis assured her. At some point after they were back on the coast highway and headed for the freeway, Doc glanced in the rearview mirror and no longer saw the headlights or the sinister Woody behind him. Like a once troublesome pair of zits on the face of the night, they had faded away. (laughs) What he also couldn't help noticing in the mirror now was that Dennis and Jade were striking up a friendship. And what's, like, your name, (laughs) Dennis was saying. (laughs) Ashley, said Jade. Not Jade, Doc said. My working name. In the Fairfax High yearbook, I'm just one of, like, a thousand Ashleys? And the Chick Planet Salon? Never consider that a career. Too fucking wholesome. Smiling all the time. Pretending it's about vibrations or self-awareness or anything but (laughs) sliding upward into an old movie society lady screech. Horrible fucking! (laughs) (laughs) Southern California, Dennis chimed in. No sympathy for weirdness, man. None of them darker type activities. 
yeah, really, like, where's that at, Jade or Ashley sympathized? <laughs> and people wonder why Charlie Manson's the way he is. You basically just said that. Yes. All right. Do you think we should take a pause there? Yes. We're well, at 30... I'll, I'll, pa- I'll pass at the other end of the conversation. Okay, great. Do you eat pussy, by the way? <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Uh, God, more girls should do that. Just put it up front. <laughs> do, oh. you, do you eat pussy, by the do way? Do you eat pussy? Um, kind of fear and loathing vibes from this uh, this segment. You know, thinking a lot about, like, kind of how the, 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 the expanse expansive search for uh freedom and enlightenment of the 60s curdles into like the paranoia of the 70s the set and setting starts to go awry yes you can't maintain that kind of uh utopianism forever no um yeah and i also like just going back on like what i was also thinking like of the topanga canyon laurel canyon thing it's like it's great if you're like in the band you know and have perhaps some kind of income or like reason for living like that and yeah. doing those things but then when you're just like hanging around after a while it's kind of like you know what what am i doing here <laughs> yes uh literally yes um the pillow room the pillow room what is the pillow Did room? i I've, i'm sorry if i already talked about this but when i was in college um my junior year there were these terrible apartments on campus housing. They were built as temporary housing and then they just kept them. Uh, yes. Put students there, usually juniors. But it was the first like it's independent a, a living. classic school move of yeah. being like, no, it's just temporary. And then like 40 years later, you're like, yeah, maybe next year we'll build the real housing. Yeah. Um, but it was like you lived in groups of, I think, between like four and seven people and everyone had their own room and there was a kitchen and a, and a bathroom or two. And they were bad, but whatever. Uh, but one of these, we're still rolling. Oh yeah, we're still rolling. The, the zoom the fell, thing on the fell on the floor. Yeah. Uh, someone had like a cloth. They they figured out how to unlock like a storage closet that was not supposed to be accessible to students. Uh-huh. And then separately, they found uh, a on campus that summer when they were there. You know, between academic years, a huge storage of pillows in a in a different residential building uh-huh. and they spirited all the pillows away and put them in this like storage closet and so it became the pillow room and i swear to god the pillows were waist high like if you stood in that room the pillows came up to okay. one day it was a tremendous amount of pillows and it, you know the obvious thing to do was go in there and smoke some pot which i cannot and they of course the owners of this place they kitted it out with like vibey lights and uh-huh. you know a, a music playing so apparatus with that many pillows could you also just like kind of wade into there and then just also kind of like just lean back and sit and you were like sitting while standing you kind of like suspended yourself as if you were floating in the ocean yeah it was pretty chill you're mutually buoyant in pillows i just think it was miraculous that we were smoking listen guys i'm 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 an ancient being in comparison to generations these days because we had to smoke pot by lighting it on fire with a lighter and then inhaling it through a pipe yes uh, we didn't have carts. <laughs> we didn't have va- vaporous. You could maybe. I think the volcano yes. came out midway through college. That was that was very cutting edge technology and very powerful. Yes. powerful shit. Uh, but I cannot believe we went in there with just like you know party bowls and we did not manage to set a bunch of synthetic pillows on fire. Yes. It is funny how, uh, you know, every carpet in every apartment in uh, college had, like, you know, at least a half dozen little, like, singe holes in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, from, the, from the flaming nugs that hit the grid, that, that escaped containment and hit the ground. Or, 
you could always really tell when an apartment had a hookah. Because oh. the amount of times somebody pulled out a hookah to the amount of times that somebody knocked the knocked the burning coal onto the carpeted, the sure-to-be-carpeted ground Classic party was foul. almost a, a, approached one-to-one. Do the kids these days still talk about party fouls, or did that die out? I'm sure that there's another uh, a word. Uh, maybe you, you've... you've uh, par- party L. <laughs> uh, party L take. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, that's you know, you you certainly never wanted to be the one to uh, to knock break the, glass, yes. knock over the. And I'm uh, a very I'm a very spilling person. So, yeah, but I don't think I ever real. I don't think I ever upset a hookah, which is really the biggest egg on your face move you can do. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. spilling a bong, no- knocking the hookah coal on the ground, all that. Yeah, shit. these are these are top tier party fouls. Uh, the the other portion of this uh book, you know, the weird vibe of the. Topanga Canyon thing is that you know you see it in the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like these kind of n- up north over the hill uh, mansions are on these sort of dark winding yeah. isolated streets yeah uh, that you know what anything can happen up there including yes. murder most foul I mean yeah it is like yeah I, I I should read more about the actual man. I would like to learn hear more about like the mans and stuff from the other people who were like slightly outside of the scene. Like what at what point was it, did he just go from like being kind of a weird guy to people being like actively like put off and afraid from him? Because again, like as we're saying, <laughs> for so he could probably he could go so far in his own weirdness while still just coming off as like kind of another one of the weirdos who hangs around in the scene. Yeah. I would be interesting to read something longer about Manson. I don't think I ever have. Yeah. I mean, there's the helter skelter. Uh, I should really read Tom O'Neill's chaos at Mm. one point. I feel like that would be a good companion piece to this. Are you familiar with that? No, we were, we, um, interviewed O'Neill on Chapo many years ago. Uh, his book is, uh, very, I see everybody who's read it says it's a great read. It's kind of the more credible version of, uh, are you familiar with the Program to Kill book? No. Another classic book of, of paranoid journalism. Basically, the thrust of both of these is, is that uh, serial killing in America is maybe like, maybe arguably the product of like deep state MK Ultra experiments. Oh, of it as a a a, pheno- a, a general phenomenon interesting uh and i think the pro the uh program to kill is much more woo woo and i think i've heard a worse read but um tom o'neill started i believe that the story is he got he got pitched the assignment uh of covering the manson murders as kind of like a a 30 year retrospective in like the 90s mm-hmm for like Rolling Stone or something. Mm-hmm. And he started like looking into it and started finding stuff where what was supposed to be just like a, a little profile in Rolling Stone grew to be a 20 year research project uh, in th- that he published in this book. But it's like all this stuff of like how Manson before he came to LA was like hanging around the hate Ashbury free clinic with where Jolly West was like peddling acid to unsuspecting hippies somewhat in conjunction with experiments done by the U.S. government and, like, was mm-hmm. known, for, you know, Manson was, like, a known factor of the CIA or, like, a, a known entity uh, by the CIA. It, just, like, all these weird, like, connections between, like, 
substance experiments done by the government and the hippie scene and yeah. the darker sides of it. Yeah. And then at that point, serial killing also does become mimetic in that yes. even if someone then maybe is from the ne- another subsequent generation and has not had those things happen directly to them but sees it as a pattern to emulate it, it yeah. you know what i mean like it, it creates the it creates format. A, yeah um i was i you, that reminds me of uh the uh not to get all i guess we're i guess we're getting heavy that's that, that's what this book is right it's lighthearted you know sur- surf rock and weed that masks the the, the paranoia deep, dark, i mean again uh, in like the 70s the, as the 60s turned into the 70s the 70s is like the golden age of the american serial yeah. killer uh I read a kind of long, deep dive on the horrible situation of Jordan Neely, who the uh, young homeless man who was murdered on the New York City subway. Yes. Uh, who was like strangled to death uh, by some random by fucking, a bystander, right? Yeah, Marine. Was that Marine last Vigilante. year? Uh, I think that was last year, maybe at the end of 2022. Uh, and it was basically the the thesis. There were many bits of it but there was one kind of thesis of it which is just that being homeless makes you crazy yes uh that like the the material conditions of homelessness you might have a a germ or a seed of a certain kind of madness in you already but it will bring it out of you yeah that i think could maybe be parallel to the idea that like if enough spooks are hanging around these places sort of in like you know infecting you with a certain kind of brain poison yeah i I don't know i mean i do i'm interested in how he's describing seeing these like basically apparitions yeah uh, like of which you know i guess we're to assume are perhaps government men or as he's finding out that coy harlingen himself might be a uh an informant um which i'm sure the fucking scene was littered with people who were all narking on each other yeah. for various outlets. Yeah. Uh, paranoia. Paranoia. Everybody's coming to get me. Everybody's coming to get me. Um, What's the... That's tequila. Yeah. Uh, you were doing Wipeout. They're both, they're both great. Yeah. And they would both be funny to do at karaoke. Yes. Wipeout. <laughs> I'd like to listen to the drum solo from Yeah. Wipeout. Um should I should I do the traditional recap real quick? Yes. Let let's let me see if I can condense it a little bit. I'm not trying to wimp out, but we've got Doc 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 trying to find Chasta, which maybe I can s- split it into that. I mean, I think you could like let's let's look at the now that we're what like a third of the way through let's let's really try to get down like what the big points are because i think like you could basically go like shasta shasta finds doc and tells him about the situation yeah this eventually leads him out to the channel view estates where he gets jumped and a crime of murder tried to pin on him pin on him which brings him to into contact with bigfoot yes uh who you know basically tells him he's on the case but also tries to recruit him yes so that's like that whole first section. Yes. And then meanwhile, he's got the Coy Harlingen case, which leads him from his, you know, his formerly heroin addicted wife to Coy, who appears from, you know, from the parking lot uh, mm-hmm. where at Club Asiatique yes. to now at the board's house where he has gone from m- presumed dead husband to alive uh, surf rock player slash maybe maybe government inf- informant informant. Uh, Koi also hips Doc to the Golden Fang. Yes, which is both a boat and an organization yes. that is 
somewhat responsible for a smuggling operation. Yeah. And so he finds out, you know, Jade from the uh, massage parlor says, beware the golden fang. Uh, his computer, you know, his old repo man computer yes. geek helps him research. Sancho, his, uh, Sancho Smilex, his lawyer is also into the, the maritime law of it all. That's that. And then um, he's trying to find Mickey through Sloan, his wife, um, you know, adjacent to Bigfoot, who's trying to also, in theory, find Mickey, but also probably maybe not. Uh, you know, he sees his parents. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to even re remember because that that blog that I found outlined the five plots, right? Yes. And then uh, also the Golden Fang is related to Cookie and Joaquin, who have been doing... Yes. Fake money, uh, like yeah, the laundering, Nick, the which Nixon is fakes. the Nixon bills. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe. Everything mm -hmm. else is a little bit more yeah. tangential. He's just wandering around. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are we getting any closer to the truth? Not. I yet. don't know. <laughs> is can there be a truth? Can there be a truth? What is what's what's happening here? Where do, where are you at? Happening? Where are you at, man? Where are you at, man? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that the sad truth of all, all of this, the whole era is like, maybe nothing really was happening. Whoa. Maybe we're all just entertaining ourselves. Wow. Um, maybe that's the whole the thesis of the po uh, of the uh, the podcast. Maybe we'll re eventually rename this entertaining ourselves to death. Maybe the, maybe the real surveillance was, was from within, not mm -hmm. without. The more we look at each other, the less we look at e ourselves. <laughs> sure <laughs> or vice versa <laughs> uh, am i paranoid i i'm i'm paranoid but am i paranoid, paranoid enough? enough yes exactly uh i think i think that's all i got from this se segment yeah um is there anything else going on in uh in our lives, in our lives? you know new year new in, me new year new me and fresh new year of media to both produce and consume <laughs> Uh, the samsaric wheel of content resets for another for another uh, wonderful year of we production got, and consumption. We gotta we gotta seize the memes of uh, of production. Yes, uh, is what is what I'm all about these days. Uh, did you clock that? There's another podcast doing a pinch and read through right now. It uh, is it um, the bi the big boy, the biggest boy, the longest book, the gravity Ra gravity yeah. rainbow. Yeah, we know those people, right? We do. I think isn't uh, Raina Doris from uh, from the radio? Isn't isn't she somehow tangentially related? She's not on the podcast, or is it like her boyfriend or something? I don't know, like that. I should check it out. I Matt, I think they just did an episode where that they recorded before Matt's medical event, uh huh, uh, where Matt guessed it on. So are again stealing our thunder of <laughs> our one guest. Hey, more more um, room for everybody. I say. I'll try to remember what it is. Hey, you know we're, we we love reading the books, but um, you know. Stay out of our lane. No, I, I heartily disagree. I, th I think that, if anything, you know, read-along read podcasts might be part of a, a burgeoning trend. Yes. Uh, that we, we might be on the forefront of. And if, we, if I mean, look, we're doing it and someone else did it first. Uh, nobody is ever going to be talk. able to take that we did the entirety of Infinite Cast or Infinite Jest from us. Yes. That is, that is uh, every, from now on, we're just coasting on having done that. Yes. We did that. Yes. Um. Uh, that that I will always uh, uh, cherish as a long project that I finished. Yes, <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. They said you. They said you'd have to have to be insane to do it. They they did. 
I mean, they said, damn, you crazy for this one. They didn't, they didn't say it to us. I don't know if they said, I don't know if it was said to us. Uh, Uh, I I feel like, uh, one of the first comments uh, on the, uh, first episode of infinite cast was somebody being like, this is such a terrible idea. I'm so happy you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I like having it be done so that, you know, now now everything else is just gravy. I do think, however, I'm having fun with, uh, inherent vice, but I do think that after this, we have to go back to something like insanely long and thick and juicy. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll keep, we'll we'll probably finish this this up this This year, year, probably. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think we just we have to do something really, really heavy. Yeah, the Bible. <laughs> Maybe twenty six. Uh, I I brought up twenty six sixty six. Mm, Is that yeah. fun? Yeah, it's a little fun. It's a little fun. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. It's he, it's like kind of hedonistic, if I remember correctly. Yeah, kind of sexy. Uh, I'm sure that there's read along Bible podcast. Oh yeah, that is not that is not our lane. Here's the thing: it starts with a bang. Like Genesis is really fun, but literally, then you, you literally. Uh, but then you get into like all the like numbers and stuff and it's just like a bunch of begats for pages and pages and pages. People do begatting. They do begatting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, maybe. <laughs> no, not please. Let's not do the Bible. Okay. What, what if, what if we did the literal Bible podcast where we treated it as a, as a novel? As an act- yeah. As a, be like, a, look, I think there's some pacing issues here. There's a, these too many characters. <laughs> the Bible needs an editor. <laughs> Isn't it, that what most most uh, religious be, re- religious sects? It would are? be really funny to go into to look at the Bible, to pretend it was like a manuscript that somebody sent to you, and being but but it was like the boss's son's manuscript. So you like have to publish it, but you're like, okay, mm-hmm. let me let me take an editor's uh, eye to this and like try to turn it into a somewhat coherent story. That that would be funny to do, like you know, the Bible, not a bridge, but just like a modern. Like a let, let's treat this like a you know like a contemporary novel. Yes. Let's cut it way down. Keep just a few main characters and like let's keep it fun and sassy. Yes. Yeah. And give it one of those covers that's like a bunch of blurry Bl- of like swirls bl- of colored blobs or a girl's head. All the god we cannot see. All the god we cannot see. <laughs> All the things that have been made. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Um. All the prayers that have been prayed. Has anybody named one of their new mo- their new like girl novels, there is a light that never goes out. Are you allowed to name a book? Yeah, I don't think song after... names are copyrightable. But you, you know what I learned not super long ago is that you know, is it an epigraph, the like a little quote at the yeah, beginning yeah. of a novel? Uh, if you quote lyrics, yeah, you need to, I believe, get the rights. Really, you have to get those cleared. Yes, which. At least this is, you know, I don't know how verifiable this is, but at least saw, I saw one person post and posting about this. Uh, <laughs> so you can't, you know, be careful if you're quoting it by saying, you're starting your novel you by saying, your we book? are the world, we are the children. <laughs> what if you named your book, uh, There is a Bulb That Never Turns Off? <laughs> <laughs> or something, uh. something like that. I don't, I'll have to look into that because you can name. I feel like books and movies are somewhat interchangeable. Yeah, that you can name a book and movie and vice versa. Yeah, but you can't name a movie the same thing again unless you already have like yes. Cinderella. Obviously, like it's Disney both times, so you can just be like yes. Cinderella. Well, I feel like that's one of the reasons that those the official names of those movies are like Disney's Cinderella. That's true. What's the put 
precious, it would be funny, precious based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. Yes, it would be funny to call your movie like Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. That would You're be like, funny. is it Jurassic Park? No, no, no. This is a different movie. Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Yeah. Hmm. But like West Side Story, I believe, was just re, just the same thing again yes. when Steven Spielberg did it. Yes. Steven Spielberg. It's not Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Fuck. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, names names aren't real. You can name things. Yeah. You, you should want. be able to name things. Whatever. What was the name? There are only really... so many words in the in the world. You just take a name. McNutley, McNutley, Trevor, Shiny Mac, McNutley. Have I read that that has a tweet that I think is so funny? On I think you read it one of the yeah. last times. Yeah, the one, that, the one that's like Pynchon's so funny because he'll have a really heavy scene of big of spiritual and metaphysical importance, and also there'll be a guy there named Sprite Zero. Sprite Zero. Uh, the the last thing I'll say maybe before we sign off is that uh, I like when Doc was concealing his conversation with uh, Coy to talk about hope. Uh, uh, and he described her as an older type VW with flowers and bluebirds and hearts and shit all over it. <laughs> F- fellas, if if your lady was a car, what car would she be? What car? What car? Oh, don't, I don't know if I would. If, if, I don't know <laughs> this, if I'll like this the might answer. Fall, this might fall under the if I was a worm, would you still love me if I was a worm uh, type of girlfriend question? Would I be like a su- like a Subaru like? I mean, outback? VW Bug does it. I actually like one of the. I give Bug. Is that okay? Yeah. See, this is why this is such a lo- <laughs> No, that was my, whenever I played MASH when I was a kid, I always wanted the bug. Yeah, but I think one of the, not a classic one, one of the, like, the, the 2000s redesigns. Okay, yeah. That, I mean, that's the one. Yeah, I don't like. Oh, like, they redesigned like it again, and now it's even much sleeker. Mm. No, yeah, like a 2000 or 2001 bug. Yeah. yeah. Yellow, maybe? You don't like yellow? I just made a grimace face. Oh, God. Oh, I fucked blue, up. I'm sleeping blue. on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sky blue. That's you do fine. like blue cars. Yeah. Sky yeah, sky blue bug. Yeah. Yeah. With let's, a little daisy in the built in uh um flower holder. Remember? Oh, that they yeah. had like built in flower holders yeah, on the yeah. dash? Yes. Even even as as few as like fifteen, twenty years ago, you were allowed to do silly stuff on, on consumer a car products. Could be silly and now but has now to be everything's no, no amount of like just silliness. We've optimized all the silliness out of life. Yes, we Bring have. Back. I'll put a put a little your VW Bug. Put a little flower holder put in a your sauce dash. On it. Yes. Uh, let's let's start terrorizing um, our our friends in relationships by asking what kind of car, what kind of car they think they're. What kind of is. car would I be? It's like the newlywed game. Ooh, see now I'm scared. Um, what kind of car are you? <sighs> I'm gonna have to think about this. Okay. Don't take that as you know, good or bad. I no, just, I won't. I don't want to dash something it's off. Zero and, judgment zone. You know what I think you might be? What? I think you might be like a a, a large passenger van. Like for, a, like, like not like not a that, minivan, a, but like a big white panel a touring van. Touring yeah. van, like so one that carries the I whole deal band with that. or a group. yeah. I I was I was afraid you were going to say like minivan, which yeah, no. it feels. A fu- like a functional the van. The most insulting thing somebody has ever said to me uh, was when uh, they said very friendly that I reminded them of the the bears in the Charmin commercials. <laughs> so that's a, the bear, that's not the bears a compliment you share. No. Yeah, please please do not say that about me. Uh, 
I are, are we trying to stall so you can hit the yeah, timer we're, we've exactly got, on we, one? We've got 33 seconds left in this. No, you're you in in your Capricorn producer way. You are a car that is function first, uh, yeah. but the function is so so valuable that people literally can't live without it. Yeah, that's it's, what I think. Yeah, anyway. it's an actual utility vehicle. You know, it, you know. Be, well, how about this Mercedes Sprinter van? Mercedes Sprinter Lu- van. Luxurious, Ooh, luxurious. I can, go with that. I can and, get down with that. Yeah. And uh, useful. And room for a lot of mods if you want to do it. You know, <laughs> plenty, plenty of room. Even though in I the have zero mo- body mods. Okay. Uh, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye bye.